0: Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. the whole world got crazy, is <laughs> it's showtime.
1: So two out of the three of us are here. It is Kent and Richard. So that must mean it's time for one of two things: either we're talking about uh, John Cena and the Undertaker, or we're talking about scary movies. Um, we only talk about the Undertaker and the VIP. So if you want our Undertaker retrospective thoughts, then tune in there. We talk about the Dead Man almost on a weekly basis.
0: Oh, weekly Taker cast, and um, you know, even uh, even PG thirteen scary movies are too scary for Brian, and that's his legacy. Yeah, <laughs> let that
1: that is if that yeah, let that be known. Yeah, even though this was PG thirteen, it was it was too intense. Uh, you know, twelve with a parent, totally fine. Brian, <laughs> full grown adult, no. Um I I don't know the circumstances behind him not being here. Um, but uh Richard and i What's up? um are are usually the go to horror uh fans mm-hmm. on the show. That has been kind of our our thing. We've uh talked a lot about horror movies in the past and mm-hmm. uh usually just the two of us do that. Mm-hmm. And uh so this is no different, but like you uh, mentioned, this is a PG-13 horror movie, so this might be the only PG-13 horror movie we've talked about ever on the show, um, and uh, this is It's going to be an interesting conversation for sure, but um, we are still going to do a uh, an Ask the Man Fam episode this week, so um, we're going to record that with Brian a little bit later in the week, so um, call in call us at 214-308-1308 and uh, leave a voicemail there. And your voicemail or question could be played back on the show in that episode that's coming out later this week. So we're uh, we're going to pull those questions here in the next day or so. So you still got time to call that number and uh, leave your voicemail and maybe your voice can be heard on the show. Um, very, very fun. 214-308-1308. Ask a Man Fam. It's coming soon with Brian later this week. But until then... Um, Scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm -hmm. This is a property that um, is going to be fun to talk about because um, I definitely never thought this would be adapted to a movie, um, you know, adapted for a feature. length. I don't think
0: you're alone there.
1: Yeah, Um, uh, you know, adapted for a feature length movie adapted in this way um, with this context and with this tone it's all kind of an interesting um an interesting conversation uh you know as, uh, from the industry side of things aside from how it stands up as a film so excited to talk with you about it but um let's get a little bit of your background on this i know you're a big book guy um did you grow up on these books i i was yeah. i was a big i had this book i don't know how um uh-huh. i feel like this is a book that most families if they had it they just kind of got it or inherited it or somebody told it about it. I feel like everybody who had this felt like they were the only family that had it and, and read it to each other. You know, it wasn't like a cultural thing. It was like a very isolated um, thing. um, At least in my household, I I didn't know if my friends had it or anything, but I, you know, we, we definitely read it around Halloween time in my house, but what's your background on this and did you, were you familiar with it at all?
0: Yeah, no, so I, I am a book person. I enjoy the book, all of the books. Um, but I I kind of came into that life later, like post, you know, as an adult, I started really finding myself. You became intellectual I a, later? No, I, I wouldn't say that. That's, how dare you? I would say no, but I like, <laughs> I, I worked at a bookstore in college, and so, like, and it was, no one was ever in there customer-wise, so I just, like, taught myself, literally. I've talked about this on the show before, but, like, how to, like, I learned the whole canon of books through, like, just sitting alone in a bookstore for, like, five years. And thus, we didn't have this kind of stuff around. My mom read a lot about the Kennedys, because, you know, she's Irish Catholic, and that's, like, a thing you do. Um, But that was about it. That was the, the extent of literature in my home. There was, like, one Jonathan Franzen book and then a bunch of stuff about the Kennedys, and that was it. And, uh, and so this was not around, but I was aware of it. I was aware of it, uh, because of the internet and stuff. I, I I thought it was kind of cool. And I always also, I was an only child. So like, this is something I think you have, have two lovely sisters, Kent. And I think that's something where like you, you sit around with the whole fam family and, and, uh, and, and talk about, you know, read stories and stuff where, Whereas if you're if you're kind of one on one in the household, it's a little it's sad and, and just <laughs> pathetic. I don't know. So this kind of thing was not something we did, but I was certainly aware of it. So I'm more interested in your so you had this in your house. So you guys would read yeah. this around Halloween. That's that's a little more interesting than my long winded but boring story.
1: Yeah, it was um uh, this was a po- a book that was very popular in the nineties. Um uh-huh. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the original one was published in nineteen eighty one. More scary stories was 84 and then the third one was 91. So, uh right about the time that these really hit the culture was I was born in 87, so um right in that wheelhouse. Um and yeah, I don't know how or why they became popular, but um mm-hmm. they were a very weird market for for, you know, scary stories for kids. And but the scary stories were very gory and kind of uh-huh. Uh, you know uh, I don't know messed up in a way and Mm -hmm. as a kid you feel like you're kind of getting away with something that Mm -hmm. your parents are reading you this story about these severed toes and things Uh, it's like wow this is pretty intense you know to be reading to a seven year old but again um, it's a a cool introduction to this whole side of culture Um, you don't want to start your kids off you don't want to show them Nosferatu when they're eight right You you know Agree um,
0: to disagree, but sure. That's no, <laughs> no, a good, good, good introduction. You're absolutely right.
1: It's, it's. Um, I always thought of Goosebumps as the introduction to horror, and if, you know, being a '90s yeah. kid, Goosebumps—that totally. was it. Like uh, Goosebumps were huge. That was the cultural thing um, growing up, and this was still a little bit more mature than that. So you mm-hmm. start them out with For Goosebumps, sure. you can kind of move them along to this. When they're about twelve, you know, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and then by the time, you know, they get to high school, you can you can see uh, a regular horror movie by that time and, and be able to take it. So yeah, this is kind of an in between. It's an interesting pitch, I'm sure, for Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro to bring oh. this to the screen. Um, so, Perfect person
0: to do it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, 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 it'd be hard to imagine anyone else, um, getting this sold in Hollywood other than him being behind it or having his name attached to it. So that's cool. But, um, I thought that they were going to go about this in a bit of a bit of a different way. And I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on just the approach that they took to adapting this, uh, to the screen. So what, what was your thoughts on that on, on, uh, just the, the cinematic experience and what this was as a movie.
0: Yeah. I it was kind of one of those things I expected it to be more of, kind of more anthology based, um, than it was even, um, you know, across, across, you know, much more like openly chaptery and all of those things, which it was and wasn't, but I think, um, I I just expected that, but I, I didn't really, you know, I know it's like a Norwegian filmmaker. So I expect (laughs) this is like a weird, um, sort of, um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like, uh, uh, stereotypical thing I would expect. It's like, okay, he's Norwegian, so there's gonna be some darkness here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, you expect certain things out of, like when Andy
1: Machete, uh
0: directed yeah. it.
1: Yeah, the, <laughs> totally. Yeah. You're
0: like, okay, there's gonna be some violence. It's, he's yeah. not gonna beat around the bush. Like, it's def- it's a Norwegian guy. Like, he's gonna nail it. Um, so there, that was to be expected. But the the sort of continuity of everything kind of caught me by surprise, only because I didn't know the book. Uh, whatsoever. What about you? As someone who read the book, I'm really curious in your thoughts. Uh, yeah, uh, across.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know it, it's reminiscent of something like the Twilight Zone or the X Files. You know, when you're talking about anthology, or maybe even more uh, along the lines of like Stephen King short story anthology yeah, books yeah. that he has, where totally. they're self contained and they're all about 15 pages long and. If you were to make movies out of them, they'd only be about twenty, twenty-five minutes See, long. See, that's
0: more what I was expecting. Yeah. Right,
1: and that's what I was expecting too. Uh, okay. That's that's how I'd pictured this in my mind. Uh, you you picture it as, as self-contained individual stories, and so that's honestly what I was hoping for going into this. Was uh, I, I mean, honestly, I, I hoped for a black screen that said "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark," Chapter One. Whatever story, and then they show a story for 20 minutes, and then it's chapter two, and then it's another story. Um, I kind of would have preferred that um, to what they ended up doing, mm-hmm. but um, I can see why they did it this way, and it's not a complete failure by any means. the The approach that they took certainly works to a degree. Now would it have worked better had they taken the other uh, route, and uh, you know, I think so. But yeah. maybe you could have had some characters that over overarched, you know, into multiple stories, you know, mm-hmm. into multiple of the uh, little vignettes that you have. Instead of making it one self-contained movie or story or act one, act two, act three, like trying to structure it that way, like they totally. did. I would have preferred, uh, I don't know, 90 minutes and do the, the best five, you know, sketches on mm-hmm. here and uh, call it a day. I think that would have been...
0: Yeah, it's Certainly almost a cool way to do it. I hate doing this because it's become such a, such a part of our culture, but it's like, oh, maybe this would have been more interesting as like a eight-part Netflix series where each <laughs> part is 23 minutes, right? Um, and but instead I'm in this room with other people and I'm watching this as a film. And it just felt weird. Now that we have other options for more anthology-based things, um whereas we didn't have that 15 years ago, it kind of had to be adapted either to traditional television or film, uh, that it it was, it was, I, I definitely was conscious of that the whole time. I don't know if you were.
1: Yeah, I absolutely was. And, you know, I was, I was honestly surprised at the reception that this movie got, uh, this weekend. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that before we get too far into this and into the spoilery type stuff for, for anyone who is listening that didn't get a chance to see the movie, um, $20 million haul for scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Um, yeah. I think it ended up beating Dora the Explorer movie mm-hmm. and uh, just came in b- right behind Hobbs and Shaw in its second weekend, which is still doing pretty well. Um, but like I was saying uh, at the beginning of this review, this was a book that I thought I only, was the only person you know that knew about it. None of my friends oh, I... didn't know they knew about it, but yeah, here I, I go. To a theater, and uh, you know I saw this at you know midday on a Sunday, and it's things half full <laughs> you know yeah. in in early August for a a horror movie for kids, it was just an interesting I never thought this would have been successful, you know, I thought it would have probably worked as a movie with given the leadership and you know i I thought this would make eight million dollars, and we'd never hear about it again, you know yeah. uh, but now this is probably gonna be a thing
0: yeah. And it's kind of cool. I actually think the timing was kind of perfect because, you know, it's marketed towards that age group of teenagers, young adults. And, you know, it's like the thing you can all go do together before you go back to school. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Let's all go. You know, it'd be a little more obvious to do this in October. And that's fine. It'd probably work really well then. But who knows what's coming out then. Uh, but it, it's kind of cool to do the, Hey, I just, I put myself, cause I was in the theater too. And I was a bunch of high school kids around me and it was just like, you know, this is cool. They're all seeing this. They're about to all start school together in next week or in the next couple of weeks, depending on where you are geographically. And that's how fun is that? Like what a cool kind of yeah. back intro to school to get, you know, an excuse to go out get out together. And that's fun. It was, i actually really thought the release date. The more I thought about it, it was really smart because at this point we remember what that was like barely because we're ancient, but yeah. like at this point in the summer you're really aching to like have an excuse to hang out with your friends. So you're like you don't want to go back to school, but you want something to go do together, and that this is a perfect thing to do for that age. I thought it was awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely hit a sweet spot. I, I thought Dora the Explorer would have been more culturally big, and I, I don't know. I feel yeah. like there's the merchandising with all that and. Just yeah. how many decades that show's been on, probably 20 sure. years now. I just thought that would have been a bigger you know, what's funny success is, you know, financially. Uh,
0: we've talked about this on the show before. I don't, you know, you and I are kind of both on the same island here. We don't have children, and Brian does. And so Brian's a lot more abreast of those things. And so I thought Dora was really interesting because they didn't do any cross channel, at least in my world, the the stuff I watch. Like, zero mark. I was not aware this movie even existed. Except that I flew in LAX a couple weeks ago for work, and then I visited some friends. And both in and out of LAX, both times, the whole airport was like skinned in *Dora and the Lost City of Gold* stuff. Like the whole (laughs) terminal was. Other than that, I would not have been aware this. I'm seriously, I'm not kidding, Kent. I would not have been aware this was even a movie. Yeah. Because they, I think they only marketed on like Nickelodeon and Disney Channel and all that stuff, which. You know, because of the terms of my parole, I don't watch. And so, <laughs> no, but seriously, but like, I don't see any of that stuff. So I was not even aware it was a thing. Yeah. Whereas Brian has probably been inundated with this stuff. And he saw it. He said it was really good, the dorm movie. So that's that's awesome. It's Nick Stoller. Like, Nick Stoller knows how to write a script. And so I, I hope it's, and I think it's good. I haven't, we'll see it at some point. I'm sure you, know. the last thing you and I want to Oh, do Nick is Stoller Steve directed it? He wrote it. Wrote uh, it James okay. Bobin directed it, the guy oh, who did uh, the, uh... Fly the Concorde. Muppets. Yeah. That's the Muppets team. Muppets team. People. The Muppets yeah. team. So, yeah. like, that's awesome. And I'm sure it's great. It, the thing is, is that a little look behind the curtain. You know, we have to see 50 plus movies a year in the theaters. And if we're not doing an episode on something, we're probably not going to go to the theater to see it because that's a great break for us. So, we'll, you and I will see it at some point when it's on Kentflix or something. But, uh, but Brian said that's great. But whereas, th- whereas Scary Stories. Though still marketed at a – not a child, but like a teenager, college demographic, I was very aware of it. You know what I mean? Like the marketing really infiltrated Oh, for Scary Stories? Yeah. Okay. Scary Stories definitely infiltrated my world. Like I was – you know, even though I only watched like Frasier reruns and sports, I was aware of this movie, whereas Dora, completely not. So it's like the the subtle difference between 17 and whatever, Dora, 12, whatever they market to.
1: (laughs) I I think I saw the Dora trailer – Multiple times this year for various screenings that we have gone to, and I just dodged
0: it. I guess I think. I I
1: mean, it showed up various times. I do normally go in late, though. I'm a
0: late arriver to movies. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's that's probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it showed a couple times at random movies. I don't know what we've talked about. Avengers: Endgame, maybe they showed it, and whatever other movies the studio was was putting out. But both times. Uh, I think that, that they showed it, I just audible laugh. Like it, it comes off like a bit movie, like a fan fiction, like YouTube made movie of Dora. It's like, this can't be real. You know, it's like Nickelodeon movies presents. It's like, <laughs> it's a very interesting thing, but Brian said it works really well. And I just thought that was culturally like there are fans of Dora. I didn't know that there were any fans of scary stories, but uh, I was wrong, but we're lucky because, this is the one you and I had circled to review and if this had made 8 million dollars we we might not be here to talk about sure. it. So Something. um uh to circle back on how they approached this um they took the approach of let's give uh the audience like you were saying the target demographic here some relatable characters to follow along with and I thought the actors were pretty good here. Um
0: Agreed. I thought what, the performances were over better than they could have been right you know what i mean they got better than they should have been really even they were strong. right
1: they were all strong they were all i thought they all held their own there's not usually if you have a movie that relies on i don't know even teenage actors and of course kid actors there's going to be one that's like this kid needs to leave he needs to go you know because <laughs> uh, he's annoying or he's not a good actor but i thought they really they really nailed it with the uh with the actors that they ended up taking here, um, Zoe Coletti, uh, Michael Garza, Gabriel Rush, Austin Abrams, and then uh, Dean Norris, we know from Breaking Bad fame, was uh, was here too. Yeah.
0: And it was good Great to see Great horror actor, like perfect for that world, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, he's always a cop. When is he never always. not going to be <laughs> yeah. a cop in something? I think he... <laughs> Uh, that is honestly incredible how he's kept that bit going. He's just playing what's-his-name from Breaking Bad uh, just for the past decade, and it's been pretty amazing to see hey, that, that come out. checks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. What, whatever you got to do. Um, and so the premise really revolves around them finding this magic book in this haunted house and finding out – where the book comes from. Mm -hmm. And so this magic book is where the scary stories appear or come from. Uh, And that's the movie, I guess. Um, Taking the scary stories book and making it a living, breathing part of the narrative is, was pretty smart. I thought, Um, what did you think about that?
0: Yeah, no, same. I I like that kind of meta part of it. Um, you know, it's like kind of a House of Leaves ish, where the book is kind of a narrative within, like the, Jumanji,
1: within the like the game yeah, is like, exactly. the, like yeah.
0: Jumanji, like the old school Jumanji stuff. Uh, I I like that's a cool device that is probably a little overdone at this point, but when it works, it works, and it certainly worked in this.
1: I thought so too. Um, let's talk about the stories that they did they chose to highlight because there's a huge, um, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't know, bibliography. That's not the right word, but there's a huge <laughs> sure. bank a lot of, of choice.
0: Okay. That's a, what I was going to ask you that. Cause I have no familiarity with the books. I didn't know yeah. if the book was six stories long or 600. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, cool. So there's
1: three books and okay. each book is probably, I don't know, 25 individual stories. Okay. But the, each cool. story wow. is, but these are short books. I mean, you know each book's maybe 100 150 pages so oh, each okay. so, each story is is maybe 2 3 pages long
0: okay um, cool.
1: but they're really easily digestible like we used to read these going to bed like my mom or dad would read like one or two of these uh you know w- as a bedtime story kind of thing like really easy kind of things to digest and uh for kids to pick up on mm-hmm. but uh so there you go i mean there's three books and if you each has 20 there's 75 different individual pieces of IP that you can potentially pull from. sure. And uh, so the ones that they did end up choosing was interesting. Um, the one that resonated with me the most as a kid was the Big Toe. And so I'm glad that they they went about that. But the way they went yeah. about it was pretty
0: disgusting, I got to yeah. admit. I yes, I was disgusted. I was curious if that was like a big one in the book.
1: I don't remember... The only thing I remember in the book is the the, the person walking around saying "Where's my toe," a- and and finding the toe. But I don't remember in the book like the making stew out of people's body parts and then eating the stew and then discovering the toe in the stew that you're eating. Whole th- that whole thing was not not part of it. I don't think so. They took it even further than it probably should have gone in a lot of areas and. To be honest with you, I thought this was pushing PG thirteen in a lot, yeah, in a lot of ways. I was ways.
0: shocked. It was I didn't know it was PG thirteen till after I just bought and went in, um, you know, and then doing some research after. I saw it yesterday. So doing some research last night on everything was kind of like, oh wow, okay, <laughs> you know. And then you feel like an old man, like, oh, kids shouldn't be seeing this. But then it made sense. Oh, you my... didn't
1: know it was like a kids' book that they had adapted. Yeah, you was I mean, I was movie. very yeah.
0: oblivious to it. And then I did the research after the fact, which is rare for me. And then it made sense because my screening was like, you know, eighty-five percent fifteen-year-olds. So yeah. it was like, oh, got it. Okay, cool. Understood. Yeah. But then yeah. I'm then I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Gotcha. Really pushed the limit there. Who knew? Yeah, man.
1: It was. It was. Uh... To start it off that way. I, I thought, thought all was, these
0: kids were sneaking in. I was like, rock and roll. This is awesome, man. <laughs> you know, I was like right. proud of all of them. Yeah. And then
1: It's like, well, you know, kids don't, kids don't do this anymore, man. Kids don't sneak into movies anymore. I was like, man,
0: like 35 kids snuck yeah. into this R-rated movie, man. This rules. What man. was the oh, an R-rated <laughs> movie
1: that you snuck into that you remember?
0: Mm. It was, I remember where it was. Um, it was at the Irving Mall here in Dallas. Uh, there's, me and Jonathan Kenny, shout out, <laughs> used to sneak into um, uh rated movies there all the time because they did not ID. Oh, uh, yeah, wow, yeah. So I saw a bunch. Um, uh, how high? Definitely. How high? With Method Man With Method and Man. Red Man. Method Man and Red Man, <sighs> Red Man definitely was <sighs> nice. big. Um, I think I saw a Blade. If there was a Blade that came out in that era, like O two to Blade Trinity. Oh, yeah, I definitely blade. saw Blade Trinity in the yeah, theaters. Yeah, Blade, that. and then um, oh shoot, what was the one with Richard Gere and Diane Lane? Was it R rated? I think it was because we saw it at oh. that theater. Unfaithful. Unfaithful. <laughs> Unfaithful. Oh my oh, gosh! No. Why did you go see that? Because it was R rated. and That seemed <laughs> something cool to do when you were fifteen. You know what I mean? <laughs> two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah, wow. or sixteen. I guess I was fifteen or sixteen. But yeah, <laughs> erotic just <under> the, thriller. <laughs> yeah, just me and Jonathan. Just me and Jonathan. Just Rochelle. Rochelle. <laughs> wow. Uh that's Yeah, funny. it was a Rochelle Rochelle kind of yeah. thing from Seinfeld. But yeah, so erotic I journey vote. from
1: Milan to Minsk. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, just saw that. But definitely, yeah. Death to Smoochie was one.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I need to watch that. I haven't seen that probably since it came out.
0: Yeah, Blade Two. Yeah, a bunch of them. I, that, was an air, that was a thing we did. We would just buy a ticket, and the Irving Mall did not care. It was it was pretty solid.
1: Mine was – the only one I remember sneaking into was – surprised you
0: and I never did together. It's, that's surprising.
1: I don't think I ever did when I like got into high school because I think we just found places – I don't know, like – I think I would just buy tickets to the ones. I'm talking about like buying a ticket to another movie and then sneaking in, not yeah. like buying a ticket to a uh, rated okay. movie because of the I don't know if I cart. ever
0: did that. I just yeah. would find theaters that would sell me a ticket. Yeah. I don't know if I ever snuck in. I'm sure I did when I was younger. I just, I don't remember what. Oh man, now I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, because I, I remember doing, and this is
1: so dumb, was Pitch Black. Remember okay. that? Like the Riddick Strong movie? In.
0: Yeah. Was not another teen movie R rated or was that PG thirteen? No, that was definitely def- R rated. Yeah. Okay, I snuck into that for sure. Snuck into that. Yeah. I think um, I saw that yeah, until after cruel, the fact. I think I bought a ticket to something else and snuck into Cruel Intentions too. Oh. Yeah. I was All those. those or- wild I was into things those erotic. And- things. Yeah, <laughs> I was super into the erotic throwers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know. What Just was me a with bro? Teddy Holmes. Yeah. yeah. With- no. Cruel intentions had Sarah Michelle Geller and Reese Witherspoon. How dare you? I'm looking Ryan, no, there's the, one the the zones
1: that I remember. I'm gonna find it. The craft. At least it,
0: the craft. Oh, oh yeah. That was a good one.
1: Yeah. That's kind of an erotic thriller too. From uh-huh. the
0: 90s. Yeah. It was the whole time. Big into the erotic thrillers, you know. You're at that age. Yeah. You know. You get a popcorn with a best friend and just be titillated for twenty hour, twenty two hours, pardon me or 20 hours whatever. All right, back to this movie before I go off into a whole tangent. Okay.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of The Gift, not The Craft. The, the Gift. The
0: Gift, The Gift. The Gift. That was I didn't Katie see it Holmes. in theaters, but that was a big DVD. Yeah. For our, uh, for sure. Yeah.
1: 2000 The Gift. Sam Raimi. Um Yeah,
0: oh, that was a Sam Raimi joint. Whew, forgot about
1: forgot about that one. Whew. Haven't thought about that one since 2000 probably. That's that's rough. Um so scary stories. Uh
0: uh-huh.
1: we get that one, we get Harold, the, the Billy Bob scary... wrote that,
0: right? Didn't what? Billy Bob Thornton write that? The gift?
1: Oh, I gotta look at that. Um, let's see. Yeah, Billy Sorry. Bob and Tom Epperson. Yes. <laughs> With There's Kate a point we both Keanu yeah. Reeves and Katie Holmes. Giovanni
0: Rubisi too, right? Um Yeah, Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Greg Kinnear, Hillary Swank. Oh, what
0: a... I mean, what a cat. Gary
1: Cole. Wow. J.K. Simmons. That is a... Oh, man. A, Lake, that might be, you know, a, have to be a throwback next year. The 2020, so. that'll be 20 years since The Gift. We might have for to sure. do that. Um, the Scarecrow, Harold. What did you think of that? The beginning.
0: Um, Effective. It worked. Got the job done for me.
1: What about you? It's creepy. Yeah.
0: It's I thought
1: the... Uh, I don't mean, any kind of scarecrow that looks like it's that that you I don't know Hannibal lector or leather-faced somebody and put it over a, on a scarecrow you know like an actual human's face without the eyes mm-hmm. is is it was uh was effective like you said it and they had all the cockroaches oh yeah walking all they got over some and stuff. that got some screams yeah.
0: out of my. Uh, screen, you
1: don't know about yours, yeah. That, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that was, and then the, the kid turning into the mm. scarecrow with all the hay coming out of his body and stuff was quite visceral, too. I don't remember that story, that's from Scary Stories 3. Okay. More Tales to Chill Your Bones, Harold is. Um, and then another one is The Red Spot, and that one's also from S- Scary Stories 3. And that one was horrifying. I, I had to turn away, to be
0: honest with you, during during that. Um, yeah. For PG-13, it got me pretty good. Not going to lie. With, um,
1: are you scared of spiders? Like, is that something that...
0: No. I mean, not in that way. I mean, I don't love them around, but not in the visceral way you are. Not in like... Not that you... Not you, but not in the I mean, visceral not, way a lot of people are.
1: I'm not scared of them, but... Yeah, whatever. You're but, weak. I mean, you... <laughs> I'm not scared of them, but if you were to say one was to lay eggs in my face, mm-hmm. and then
0: you after you were aroused, you would be scared. No, I get you. <laughs> How'd you know? Um, <laughs> well, lay I eggs mean, in my face. I read your blog, bro. I Still <laughs> read your thing. I
1: thought it was private. Um, <laughs> well, for friends. <laughs> for friends, you're close. You're close friend. <laughs> I'm, um, in that, I'm in that top eight. <laughs> the uh, you know, I'm 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 not scared of spiders like. Yeah, in general, but you know, one lays an egg in my face, and then that that turns into a thousand spiders.
0: Yeah, inside and they tell two friends, and so, know, so on, and, and so on. I'm not getting and so on and so on. Yeah, no, I get you. That was uh, no, no one likes that. I think I, I think anyone could admit that's not a fun idea to have. no matter, I'm not sure fear if of no spiders. one
1: likes that. I mean, sure, there's someone. That's true. <laughs> someone dogs. likes everything out there. But. Corn dogs probably into that. <laughs> Producers, yeah, the interns around here would be for for sure into that. But of all the all, like I was saying, of all those seventy five scary stories that they arrived, like we're gonna do the one
0: about the spider
1: laying eggs in someone's face and
0: what what (laughs) then popping the zit
1: and then the zit out comes the spiders like that. Just
0: cinematic, man. It was easy to. It was a great effect. It really worked. It was super gross. And it got. I think it, it really hit on the gross out part of it, which teenagers are going to love. Yeah. In so I think that was a smart decision. Yeah, I, they I'm gotta interested have something to take to, to yeah. tell
1: their friends. Be like, dude, right. there's this person there, man. There's, uh, there's like this Spider uh, Man. Oh, I'm not gonna
0: ruin it, man, but you gotta see it, dude. It's uh,
1: cool. sick, tight, tight. Tight, yeah. tight. You're right.
0: We should do a whole show as teenagers. No, no, point. no. Okay, no. That was a spare the listener.
1: Tight. We need to do a. We can do a, <laughs> a little VIP. Action maybe viper, them. viper action. Yeah, those people yeah. were, we pay us to annoy them, so we do that. So, very, what was your good.
0: favorite? What was your favorite story of the of the ones they chose to do? What was the most um, effective? Maybe I not favorite, but what what was the spooky? Okay, um, yeah, me too, me too. the
1: The one at the end, I remember yes. me tie dodie Walker with the zombie guy. Um, I remember that too, and that that was, um, in the structure of the movie, that was the. Boss or main? Mm I don't think they had to defeat at the end. (laughs) But
0: I like structuring this like a Bruce Lee movie. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like Enter the Dragon. (laughs) Oh, that's the boss. Okay, cool.
1: There's one called the Scream of jabbar Yeah, that's a really good one from Scary Stories One. Okay, that's about people in a car that go on a date, and they um like there's like a hook on like they find a hook on their car window like while they're making out oh wow of, like a killer you know and it's a really scary story you know um but as soon as i get to the drive-in in the movie early i thought that's what they were going to do yeah where you know the kids are in the car and it's sure. like a really isolated setting and then you get the hook and you know like the hook uh could have worked its way into there i thought they were going to do that but that that's one of the one of the stories in here that probably if you were going to make an actual horror franchise out of it you probably could with just that premise um i like that one there's there's some funny ones too in there in the yeah. you know a lot of the a lot of the scary stories are scary and then like the last sentence is like a twist then it's and then it turns out to be funny like there's one called the viper and and it's they think it's a vampire but it's just a Uh, a viper who wants to wash your windows. (laughs) He's like a German guy who (laughs) who like is a window viper, you know? Yeah. And so there's like some funny bits kind of stuff in these. That's a good bit. That's Um, but I mean, of all the ones that they chose, I'm just glad they did the big toe and I'm glad they did the, uh, the Herald because I thought that worked really well on, in terms of, uh, cinematically in the cornfields and all that. But, um, I would like to see a sequel to this, to be honest. I would like to see where they could could take this and it'll probably, I think it it made enough money we'll see how
0: much it drops off. but I think it could,
1: this will, this will surely prompt a reprinting of the books and all that. Uh, you know, this will get this series more into the culture and, you know, this will probably do very well on, uh, if they get this thing out by Halloween, maybe on, on, on demand and stuff, this thing will do pretty well. I, I, and, and, uh, I would think this, this is a very Stranger thing kind of appeal to it. It's nostalgic, but you can also take it in really weird places that I think um, I would like to see uh, scary stories too, more scary stories or whatever they decide to call it. But um, yep. that was cool. It was really cool. Um, so no, I agree. I'm I'm going to grade this one out unless you got let's any other closing cool, cool no, thoughts. Let's do it. Well, what, if this, what else has Andre Revidal done? I didn't know yeah, he did. of this guy. Troll Hunter? Yeah,
0: he, yeah, he did Troll Hunter, which I've was seen that, called, yeah. His, he has a couple of movies coming out um, that he's doing. Um, uh, yeah, who knows how to pronounce that with that O? You know, we're just dumb Americans. What was or, called or I Yeah, that's a long O. <laughs> he's in a movie called Mortal, which is it. I think he's mostly in the fantasy genre, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, he's Troll Hunter pretty cool. A, yeah, it is cool. Found footage kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and then he's doing uh, the. Um, it's like a George Romero property, oh, the Long Walk. Oh, okay. The Steve, K- it's a Stephen King book that yeah. Romero was circling for a long time. He's doing that next, so that could be cool. Yeah, he's definitely. I thought it was pretty. You know, the visual stuff was very professionally done. I don't, hand, I don't mean that very... sarcastically. I mean, really, I was. He was definitely made better than it could have been. It didn't feel
1: uh, too Del Toro. you no. know everything he does has is just. Or produces is just so gothic. Yeah, this did not sure. have that. It felt, no, it didn't. It felt over time. Its, it's set in 1968, I think, so it felt really authentic to that and and all that. So I'm going to grade this one. Let's do it. Um, I'll give Scary Stories a B plus.
0: Nice. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a solid B. Just right yeah. in the right in the kisser. Right in the down the middle.
1: I thought it was a, a B movie with with some scares that yeah. even I was scared of. And so that gives it a little bump. It up totally. For that. It's got the scare factor that that you would want in this. It's not a letdown in terms of that. It's a, it is scary. Uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of these movies are, are a tease You know, at the end of the day, yeah. this one was surely not that. It's got some. No. Brian would not have been a fan of this at all. You know, he would in not. In terms of the visuals, oh, he uh, was and everything. smart
0: to yeah. avoid it for yeah. sure.
1: Okay, there you go. Scary stories to tell in the dark is still playing, and uh, it'll be. Uh, probably playing for the next couple of weeks and leading up to IT Chapter 2 uh, less oh, than yeah. four weeks from now. And that trailer has Ooh, been, uh, gosh, has been I'm, doing pretty well. I don't get
0: nervous. Like, like, you know me. I'm not a big horror guy like you are. Yeah. I think that's one of your favorite genres. I'm kind of mediocre on it. But I don't really get scared going into these as much. But I'm scared going into IT, which is a cool feeling. I'm, yeah. I'm nervous, which is exciting.
1: Apparently, the running time for that is is like 2 hours 50. Whoa. So they're it's going a long time to be yeah.
0: have my butt clenched. <laughs> I can do it. I've been. I'll start training.
1: Stephen King said, like, tweeted something that the I don't know. The final battle with Pennywise is like uh-huh. epic as crap. Like he's like, it, awesome. it, it's like what he would want it to be, you know? Like, yeah. and that that's cool to hear him say. So a lot, a lot of hype for that one. That one, that trailer does really plays really well in these screenings. Uh I think there's a lot of hype behind that one. It should do pretty well here in the next 4 weeks. But what what do we got next week on the old docket, guys? Um, let's see. Uh, this is what we You're like to You asking the wrong dude. I yeah. just show you up. to racing system. in the rain or No. Uh,
0: I can't do. I'd much I would watch I'd rather watch a clown murder everyone than a sad dog. <laughs> you know me. I'm a messed up. I can't do dog stuff. But but anything else? What do we got? Um,
1: we've got, uh, angry birds Two, <laughs> Done. Or we
0: can, maybe we just do throwbacks or we Let's got just... that
1: good boys movie that, Oh, I, that... I would watch that.
0: We'll you see would? That. I don't know. Yeah. You can, and I will see I don't that. Know.
1: Oh, Jean Stubit Stubnitzky's redirected it. It's the office guys. Uh, yeah. Behind it. Lee Eisenberg.
0: The trailer is funny. It's just my trailer funny, the tra-
1: but I don't know if this is going to connect at all. Yeah, I don't think, I think people well. want to see thirteen-year-olds do Ronchcom. You know, like in They're general. Like I think it'll be yeah. funny, but I don't think it'll connect totally. uh, culturally. I could be wrong. I mean, Jacob Tremblay is super funny, and Will Forte is involved, so it's got that going for
0: it. We do- it does.
1: Okay, well, we'll be back later this week if you want to ask the MamFam... fam. Hit us up at 214-308-1308 and uh, leave us your question or comment there, and we might bring it up on the show. But until then, where can I find you online, Richard?
0: You can find me on all the social media that you can handle at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you?
1: Find me on all the social media that you can handle at Kent Garrison and find all of our episodes at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. All uh. of our episodes are on there because only the most recent couple hundred or on uh, your feed, on your iTunes app, or wherever you ingest our show. So if there's a movie that's older than that that you want to find and you think we might have done a review, chances are we did. So check out that website, hit the search function, and find that out. Check out Brian's blog on there as well. He's got a lot Mm -hmm. of fun content coming, and subscribe to that Mad About Movies newsletter. For our VIPs this week, we got Dumb and Dumber Talk. Oh, my. Yeah, 25 years of Dumb and Dumber And we'll be doing that over at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. And it's $4 a month for that, so a dollar a week. It rounds about two, and you get at least an episode a week in there, an extra episode a week, uh, mostly, usually two or three, um, with the way we've been doing things. Yeah, we uh, do.
0: I will say, I'll give us credit. If you're a VIP, we flood that feed. We do. I mean, you will will have too many podcasts, which is a good problem to have. Yeah,
1: you'll be annoyed. Um, and so, if you want more from us, that's where to find it: MadAboutMoviesPodcast slash VIP. Until then, we'll see y'all at Mad About Movies on Twitter and at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha!